all fun and games until you're goose stepping down the flat bush. Here on Vigor, please, a heinous trip at Warp 5. My name is Joseph. Just because you're not playing Command and Conquer Red Alert doesn't mean you can't have Command and Conquer Red Alert bad CGI in your episodes. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Peter. Should I replace the theme music for this episode to be the, the Red Hell March? Hell March? Uh, can we do that, or is that going to be, like, copy infringement? Play, play that early, like, PlayStation era music is mostly uncopyrighted. Like, Twisted oh, Metal and all that stuff. Hel- Come on, this... I don't think Hellmarch is... Con- Command and Conquer is EA, right? It is. Yeah, well, you're right. no way you're getting away with EA, yeah. Microsoft. At, no, yeah. EA is Microsoft now, because EA was Activision, right? No, no, EA is... Still separate from Microsoft. You're okay, saying so Activision, Microsoft. Yes. And Bethesda. God, that so, company ate them all. Are you, sure? you know what? I don't need to think about replacing our theme music because our theme music is amazing. And it's made <laughs> by, by Ian and Sarah. And we haven't shouted them out for a while. Uh, if you've been listening to our Picard reviews, you got to hear their inner light theme that they did for us. Obviously, their Voyager theme Damn, is a banger. There's a question. With season three of Picard... Did our inner light remix or their inner light remix get dethroned as the best thing to come out of Picard? Hmm. It's a tough call. It is a tough one. That's how good it is. Yeah, it's how good it is. So Ian and Sarah, thank you again. We 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 even know there's a new banger coming for oh, some episodes secret. this season. So hush, hush. Very secret, but they're the best, and we really appreciate them. Here we are, man. We're we're finally entering into, unfortunately, the last, the last season. season of Enterprise. We again take it, put it up against it. What was season four, episode one of Voyager? I would have been some Scorpion. Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion Part One, I guess. Still infancy, man. Uh, Next Gen season four opened with uh, what? Best of Both Worlds Part Two. Much better footing than what this thing's coming in on. But again, it, it feels like the other episodes, uh, the other series are just basically waking up at this point, you know, and this is their their final run. And I sure believe enough, you've sure. said, yeah, in the uh-huh. past that they knew this was going to be the end. Like they're even lucky that they got this. You are correct. There is some fun lore here to unpack before we we discuss the first episode. They barely got this season, okay? They they thought they were going to get canceled at the end of season three. That was part of the reason they baked in a, a, a cliffhanger to try and incentivize as hard as possible to get renewed. And this really has to do with the fate of the UPN, something we actually discussed back when we ripped uh, Voyager for the last time, is that Enterprise was... Two, it was from the, from the beginning to the end of its run among the most popular shows on the UPN. But it its demo ran too old for them to want to bring it into what eventually replaced the UPN and the WB, which was the CW, a network quite notorious in its heyday for trying to skew towards a much younger demo. Mm. So the, its relative popularity didn't matter because boomers were watching it or at least you know not teenagers that they did get season four but it came at a price the prices were these first there is only 22 episodes total 
So not 26, 22. We're four short, okay? Second, the budget for these episodes was cut from 1.7 million to 800,000. It was cut in, in half. Wow. Yeah. So they cut the budget in half and it was put into the Friday night death slot at eight o'clock. That's where you put shows to die. Okay. Let's remind ourselves season three performed quite well from a ratings perspective. They actually held the audience through the entire show, which is quite impressive. Voyager never really managed that. They kept bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. And sometimes they get people back for a short time and they bleed them off. I want to see Jason Alexander. Precisely. Sometimes you just want to see those low butt shots of seven of nine. Everyone's got a thing. Ooh, the rock. Don't mind if I do, (laughs) but season three of enterprise held people's attention. Why would you, did anything survive UPN? Trying to think if anyone, anything actually came over from the UPN. Uh, let's, let's see. Let's see what I can find here. Because if you know that your UPN is doomed, and the entire thing, how how far out after the end of Enterprise uh, did UPN collapse? Six UPN's uh, shows survived. Oh, so the 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 network literally collapsed in two thousand and six. This uh, last season was uh, shot and aired from two thousand and four into 2005. Okay. So it got a little bit longer Them putting it in a death slot kind of makes sense, but it's like, if you're going to doom this thing, why even bother putting the money in to make these episodes at all? Cause, cause they were at, trying to get to enough episodes to, to be able to syndicate. That's why they, got they exact, never did. So though, no, they did. They got exactly oh. enough. <laughs> 22 put them to 100. And that's the number. That's some fucking black math, man. Jeez. It is. It is. They gave him just enough. I mean, this is Picard season three shit, right? Like, we're going to give you just enough to get the job done and not enough and nothing else. And you've got to use all the parts of the Buffalo to do it. And that's what they left him with. There, Here's the shows that survived, by the way. Uh, the UPN's collapse. America's Next Top Model. Uh, I've watched a season of that, I am willing to admit. Veronica Mars. Same, by the way, on America's Top Model. I watched the co-ed one. It was good. Romeo was a real piece of shit. <laughs> Veronica Mars. Everybody hates Chris. What? Girlfriends. All of us. WWE Girlfriends Smackdown. was just called out in the Wikipedia specifically uh, for this episode. Hold on. Let me let me get it up real quick. We're going to actually jump. <laughs> oh, is there lore on the Wikipedia? Uh, no. Or is it in the, the memory alpha? Golden Brooks. That's Memory Alpha. Golden Brooks. Who's Golden Brooks in this? That's got to be Alicia Travers because it's a black woman if you're talking about girlfriends. Yeah. It is. Nope. Got him. (laughs) Golden Brooks was a regular cast member on the UPN comedy series Girlfriends. So they're cross pollinating. So uh, So Smackdown. Yeah. Smackdown. A handful of shows that are in the demo that we're talking about, right? You know? It makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So, okay. So they outlast UPN outlasts Star Trek by about a year. Yeah, that it's not great math. And this is coming out when 
This is coming out. This is the this episode aired the first one Stormfront aired 2004. On, on October 8, 2004, they were informed that they were canceled on February 2nd, 2005, and the last three episodes were produced after that. So they knew going into the last three episodes they had been canceled and that is the decision and they made the decisions they made for those last three episodes and what they would be with that in mind. Uh, which when you watch them, particularly Demons and Terra Prime, uh, it is very clear though, like, well, we know the show's over, so we better wrap it up, right? We better have an ending. And they do a very good job in Terra Prime of giving an ending. And then for some reason they made These Are the Voyages. And then to this day, no one knows why. But Manny Cota was the one left holding this bag, right? He is our he is our proto Terry Metalis. He's got half the money. He's got to make 22 episodes. How am I doing this? The way he does it is lots of two and three parters. Because what happens when you do that? You reuse sets. You reuse actors. And you hook people into story arcs. Correct. So if I've got a three episode arc, I can use the same sets and same actors and get way more bang for my buck. And I spend my... 2.4 2.4 million to produce those three episodes in a way that's much more cost effective than if it was episode by episode. And I had to basically start from scratch each time. Brilliant idea, right? Absolutely brilliant. And that ends up being a formula that works so well here throughout the season. Um, just these two to three episode mini arcs are really that serialized approach is just perfect for Trek. In yes. a way that I, they've never tapped into since, which is, I think, unfortunate. And I think and maybe didn't really do prior. Again, I can't talk to DS9, but uh, it's certainly not anything you saw out of Next Gen. No, and nor Voyager, obviously. Voyager, I mean, maybe some of the Borg stuff. Uh, but all too often, when there's good in Trek, we observe... Why wasn't there more? There's a lot more story to tell on this. You could have given me just what was a workforce. I mean, workforce was a two parter. It should have been a three parter. Yeah. Plenty more to explore in there. And you say, listen, I wanted more of this good thing. That was two episodes, right? And that 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 happened pretty frequently in Voyager. Like, man, you had something good here. You, you didn't hold on with both hands. Okay, well, what did we do with that budget for one of the other standalone episodes? Oh, you made some complete fucking piece of trash. You made Virtuoso. Fucking great. Well, I'm so glad we put a budget behind that instead of giving me more space, Mark. I want to talk about real quick them sticking them in that um, Friday death slot. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad call out of UPN. Like, yeah, that's a shitty place to put people. But the diehard Trekkers, the Trekkies, right? Uh, 2004 TiVo peaked 2006 and that was with uh, 4.36 million users. So the DVR market, I can't find exact numbers for 2004, but the DVR market's getting real at this point. And the DVD market's getting real too, which is another reason why you're making this show, right? Like we have not talked about the consumer market for physical media 
uh, in a while. I think the last time you and I really had a discussion about it was when we talked about Battlestar Galactica. Now well, we show... just talked about it and, you know, you as the audience would know that if you weren't cheapskates and you're on our Patreon because we talked about this heavily for Event Horizon. That's very true. But assuming you're a cheapskate, not on our Patreon and you don't know that. To be that, fair, I'm a cheapskate. I don't, I don't, you're yeah. not on our Patreon. Yeah, no, <laughs> I got to no. wait for the free episodes too, guys. <laughs> um. This is this is when the the DVD market has started to really uh, take off. Um, I don't think it's at peak yet. I think peak is 06. But this is there's a real reason why you're making this show. And it's because you're going to sell it on DVD to the diehard fans at a huge profit at the end of the day. And so it's worth it to do it. Plus whatever syndication. Yeah. And then, like we said, that 22 episodes puts them right on it. Things that the current. TV markets slash movie markets cannot produce cash with anymore. The the inclusion of DVD and secondary market sales and what that costs Disney is something I'm happy to talk about for hours. But <laughs> when we got we bigger will. things to talk about right now. We got to talk about Nazis. <sighs> Unfortunately, Joe, <laughs> let's go back in time. Not to 19, what, 46. We're going to October 8th, 2004. Stormfront, this is season four, episode one. I know that Nazis are a worn out bad guy. I know, as we will doubtlessly mention multiple times, that this episode has truly embarrassingly bad CG at every level, except maybe the gl- the glamour shots of Enterprise itself, which are are still like it's still beat up and actually still looks pretty good. Before we launch in, and I'm going to give you the floor. I think this episode is awesome. I think this story works fine. I think that this is actually just quite compelling on its own. It's alt history, you know, via science fiction, which is fun. Characters are really well like fleshed out, and people are into what they're doing. And Nazis might be a bit old, but you know what? Fine. I can take a Nazi now and then. The floor That's is interesting. Yours. Um, the last line of my notes here simply says, whack. <laughs> Before I go into why, uh, the, the, the CGI in this, like we pointed out a lot of bad CGI. I put the picture up in the trauma support group of the panzer tanks in front of this white house. that's kind of burned with these awful flags. And it really just struck me like this is literally like command and conquer. Yeah. Red alert. Mm -hmm. Great game. Loved it. Not the biggest. I don't know. Maybe I don't, I couldn't tell you what the fucking budget was on. There was, there was a lot of bad CGI and whatever. Right. Like that's cool. That's not cool for this show because you're not showing me like species eight, four, seven, two, or SeaWorld people floating around in pickle juice and wild alien shit that I don't know what it should look like, but I know what a fucking tank looks like, and I know what the White <laughs> House looked like, and no part of this in any way looks fucking real or feasible at all. So it's interesting, Star Trek, for all the goofy CGI shit it does, a lot of times you, you can't say, well, I've seen this stuff in real life, and I know it doesn't look real. This is the most realist shot that they have probably ever tried to composite together, and it was just so terrible. But in light of the fact that they had their budgets cut in half, 
I think that is going to be something we need to keep in mind for the rest of season four, because if you're focused on telling good stories and there is going to be a built in budget that is required of your show with spaceships flying around doing space battles, there's going to you're going to have to cut corners somewhere. And I think CGI is a fine if it's between getting shittier actors or having shittier CGI, I'll take the bad CGI. Yeah. No, absolutely. I felt like the practical stuff of this was fine. It was just the CG that was bad and it really didn't distract from me. I'm, you know, I get you. I I, I kind of knew you weren't going to like this, but I loved it. And I liked that it started like, OK, we're right. We're right back. We're going to do another fucking previously on Enterprise. Right. We just got done with this Zindi shit. <laughs> it just stopped. They're coming home. They're gonna taking the shuttlecraft. They're going to San Francisco. What the fuck is going on? And a bunch of P fifty one Mustangs attacked the shuttle pod. They're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Travis and Trip are like, uh, "Pretty sure we're getting attacked by flak batteries now." Let's get the fuck back to Enterprise. This is bullshit. Trip and Mayweather in the shuttle craft. Like, I don't care for the story. I think the writing is pretty solid and I like the thought and consideration that's going into decisions and situations happening on the surface. You can sit there and say, uh, obviously you guys are in the fucking past. Mustangs are attacking you. There's no radio. There's no EM fucking shit. Like you should be able to look down and say, Hey, we don't see Starfleet headquarters. Like this is completely wrong. Exactly what you said, like these guys just repelled the fucking Death Star attack as it was coming in over, you know, and or right. Mm -hmm. Everybody is burned the fuck out. These guys are fatigued. All they want to do is go home. And also they're all grieving for the death of their captain. So. I think it's pretty legit uh, hall pass to write these guys that like, sure, they don't have their thinking caps on because everybody is just. They're Almost fucking fuck. pissed. They're done with this shit. They thought they finally like, holy, we put up the biggest W there is. They watched it, half boys. their friends fall off a, a, a railingless bridge into a bottomless. Makos got killed. Like, come on. Hayes is dead. Yeah. Archer's dead. Everybody had like fucking cracks and crevices all over. Which. Why don't they have that? cracky falling apart crumbly skin did it take them a long time to get back from wherever they were because they went through a boom tube to get back to earth right yeah but whatever it, it went away quick <laughs> it doesn't matter right they like who wants lot, to put that they put a lot of vaseline on it we're, we're, we're cool now i i do i think it, we're cutting ahead just a bit here but the scene where they're like discussing that oh fuck we're back in time and like to paul is trying to be very professional it's like do this check this this is the next thing and trip just loses his shit he just he just he does a very human thing he's like i don't want to fucking hear about how the official stance that vulcans don't think time travel is possible we're clearly 200 fucking years in the past i don't who knows why god only knows why <laughs> like but that's obviously the situation we're in right now and we got to fucking deal with the fact that that's our situation and Paul does not react poorly to him doing that he just is like are you know you're right i have no idea why we're here they use mayweather more in this where he's like actively involved in discussions and he's in the plot more which was nice 
I can't believe I just said that, but I, I, it's nice. <laughs> and, you know, like, what if we're here for a reason? And they like, bleed them in that scene particularly. Like, uh, maybe we're supposed to be here. I'm like, are they trying to paint Maedler as like the mystical old black man? <laughs> is he the magical Negro? <laughs> is, is that where they're going with this? Is this Kim Peel talked about this. Is this. I remember this quite specifically. No, uh, Mayweather's solid through this whole thing. Because, again, he's not really in it heavily. Uh, and that's his sweet spot. There was We're, a moment there near the end where he looks like he wanted to solo all of the Nazis with his ray gun. And Trip's like, no, they're not ready for your power. You can't unleash those obsidian engines of death that you have that they some people call arms. We, I know what you're <laughs> capable of, Travis. You, that is a weapon of mass destruction. We must we must allow them to take us prisoner. Uh, we open with Archer being transported. And, you know, for whatever high priority prisoner asset he is, they've just got him in the back of a fucking <laughs> wagon like it's the intro to Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, wake up. He's just He's bouncing around. <laughs> He's just bouncing around back there with a horse thief. They get ambushed by dudes out in the woods. I like that the Nazis are quick to be like, ah, insurgents. I was like, oh, look at you, very uh, 9/11. Wow. I mean, you know, there's a certain level of uh, there's a certain vernacular that was popular at the time. You know, and like the, everyone playing the Nazis are clearly American actors doing terrible German accents. Terrible. Which is just opposed by the fact that in the teaser from last season, it was all people speaking German and it was subtitled. And now it's like, listen, oh, hello, Mr. American. <laughs> it's budget cuts, right? Uh, J. Paul Bomer. This is uh, the Nazi, I don't know, SS agent that's sitting in the back of the uh, Skyrim wagon with him. <laughs> That's the same dude from Killing Game, right? The Herogen. The last time we got to see aliens wearing Nazi outfits. That's true. That poor man. He just plays Nazis. He plays it. He plays a Nazi in Zero Hour. He's the same guy, and he's the Nazi from Killing Game Parts One and Two. You're absolutely right. Like at a certain point, you'd be like, "Listen, guys, I appreciate the work, but th- you are doing irreparable damage to me in Hollywood right now." <laughs> Although time was not terribly kind to him because like when he was he was the Nazi captain that uh, impregnated Bolana. Yeah. In Killing Game. And he's just much more like Aryan super race in this one and that one. And in this one, he's like clearly a lot fatter. He's like gotten a lot older. It's okay. We can we can say that about him because we are older and fatter as well. And German. Oh, damn, dude. I forgot he's also uh, Mestral in Carbon Creek. He's one of yeah. the three. This guy's done some work. Is he the one that stays back? No, he's the one that um, had a real chip on his shoulder. You're right. He is the one that stays back. He's the one that's sweet on the bartender. He is the one that is supposed to be in Detroit. Uh, what was that? Oh, how was that terrible episode? Oh, I've already blocked uh, it. Carpenter Street. Yeah, he should have been in Carpenter Street. You're absolutely right. He was the one that stayed behind and may is, or may not have had sex with that bartender. And he is also the one from Voyager Drone where he was a 
ninja turd turtle. One of he the gets, worst. He, he gets exited pretty quick in this one. And it's perforated by uh, the resistance. And as we will see, the resistance is uh, actually a bunch of Italian gangsters from New York, which I really liked. Uh, we, we will get to know them relatively well through this episode in their, their strange like little resistance cell of these two Goombas and the black lady. <laughs> but it's Sal and Carmine and they are dressed in their fucking, their giant zoot suit style forties, you know, three pieces and with their, with their nine 1911s banging it out with a bunch of Nazis with rifles and submachine guns. And they kind of win every time. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> if you say so, Joe, <laughs> it's, it reminds me of the rocketeer. Remember the rocketeer near the end when all yes, of the- another terrible movie. Uh... Shut, sh- shut your fucking mouth. Rocketeer is mm-hmm. awesome. I think your problem is you hate great movies that happen to have Nazis in them. So, uh, I don't remember when it happens exactly, but we do get the one part of this episode that I did genuinely enjoy, and it is the return of them putty boys. Indeed. A one in particular. The best one. Silic with his head like when he's like <laughs> he's like traveling on the top, but with his head turned around the other way, just so he can look at maximally fucking creepy for one shot. Like, thanks, appreciate that. But yeah, like Silic, we haven't seen him since the end of season two. He was not in season three at all. And here he is. Back in the temporal Cold War. Yeah, like we're back in obviously a temporal Cold War plot. Got to have Silic if you're there. But his his presence essentially goes unexplained in this entire episode. But he is here. So at this point. The temporal Cold War, as we are to understand it, includes some form of the Federation. Uh, Silic, the Taliban, the no, Suluban, the Suluban and their shadowy master who has never been defined. Then you've got the interphasic uh, sphere builders, kind of, kind of. And then these. uh fucking red-eye vampire demon dudes. The Nakul, who we've never heard of until now. I don't even think they say the name in this. Do uh, they? Daniels does when he finally talks to Archer. Hmm. So, uh, speaking of them, we actually do finally get a little bit of dialogue and background when two of these guys, they're both in SS uniforms because we want to make sure you know they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And they're having conversation about how the American prisoner got captured. One of them's like, who cares? It's just an American. The other one's like, yo, it had he had a super science communicator on him. So clearly he's a temporal agent. You're fucking stupid. Go get him. And he's like gives his yes, sirs. And the Germans are all around and are unfazed. So clearly whoever these guys are dressed in their uniforms are allied with Nazi Germany. And we have... We find out, I think, in the next scene that it's 1944 and the Nazis are in the middle of fighting in North America against a still resisting United States. And there'll actually be a map that shows like the Nazi invasion is basically the northeastern seaboard 
and like the battle lines are presently like Ohio, Columbus, all the way down through kind of like Virginia to the to the sea is kind of the front line. So this is like super duper impossible level Nazi achievements. Like they've captured Moscow, like they've they've done it all right. And the clear indication that we will be left with is the reason why is these aliens with some degree of super science have been backing their plays. They're getting power leveled. Nothing like your your friends with the sweet epics giving you a hand through the dungeons. So to talk about this more out of order, there will be a scene later on in the White House where the head uh, demon guy. Vosk. Is it Vosk or is it Gareth? Vosk. But it's. Let me see here. Uh, Vosk. Which Vosk one's is the, which Vosk one's, is the leader. So which one's Grath, the subordinate that fucks up? That's correct. Do you know who that is? No. Grath, the subordinate who fucks up, is actually the guy who played Tuvix. Oh, my God, you're right. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which uh, is pertinent because we just watched, or at least I just watched, uh, season four opener for, man, wow. Think about that. That's season four of Lower Decks focused on Tuvix, and then Tuvix in the season four opener for Enterprise. That's uh that's that is some, some like moon level that is some moon landing was fake to level conspiracy. <laughs> By the way, um spoiler, uh if you're a Patreon a, a subscriber, you're gonna get a special lower decks review soon because Peter and I finally both watched it. We got things to talk about. Good things, very good very thing. good things. Uh, so, yeah, you got Tom Wright playing the subordinate who had a little moopsy and let the, the archer get away. The head guy, Vosk, is talking to the head of German forces in North America. And there's a cool dynamic here, right? The uh, aliens are power leveling the Nazis and they're saying, hey, look, here's some cool weapons tests. We got like fucking XCOM U-rays. We're blowing up uh, reused stock footage from the killing game, which I thought was clever. Did you see of that? Course. Yes. We need some period specific uh, explosions where there are Nazis. And here's old footage from Voyager where there's Nazis and period specific buildings blowing up. We can build you plasma rifles that just fucking drop shit. But we need to build the batteries and that's going to require a lot of resources. And the aliens are like basically dangling carrots in front of the Nazis like, hey, we can give you more sweet fucking weapons. Massive resource drains, as we will come to find out, are not for weapons. They are for selfish reasons. And a Nazi leader guy is like, you know, none of the stuff ever substantiates. You show me cool videos. We give you tons of resources. But where is it? And he basically starts to divulge that there are cracks in the Nazis success up to this point, which makes a lot of sense when you consider like they've been obviously been giving some assistance to them, but you still have a massive military operation against the entire globe. And even if you've got a half dozen super weapons, that's doesn't you know, you still have got to deal with too much shit for that to always be enough. Right. You have to occupy physical area and they are in North America. They've taken Berlin. Uh, They're heavily invested in Africa on top of whatever is still going on in uh, Europe. Doesn't seem as though the 
UK has fallen because Winston Churchill does have a broadcast that's recorded. But uh, the dude says, you know, it hasn't been said to Hitler himself, but uh, there are many who say that we have spread too far too fast and, you know, been reckless in our advances. And I thought that was a really cool dynamic. Mm-hmm. And then the alien dude's like, well, you know, you wouldn't have gotten where you're at without us. So clearly we're still invested. And now's the wrong time to start severing a good relationship. And the guy's like, well, I didn't say I wanted to sever. He's like, cool, then give me, you know, all of the carbon in Russia or whatever ridiculous, <laughs> whatever the the Chernobyl level resources that uh, they want. And uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. And that's kind of reflected through the rest of the episode too, with uh, just, yeah, there's an occupation, but it's not really an effective occupation. There's right, quite there's, a bit of the United States has not actually given up. They are still actively fighting. They just, you know, are dealing with people having invaded the country and are, are have a front line and are trying to beat them. Which is stressful. Like you're trying to occupy territory of people who don't want you there. They're disrupting your supply supply lines while an active army attempts to destroy it. Like this you is not I a think, situation you want to be in. I think I'm cold to this episode because we did just do alien Nazis in killing fields. But I also just played through the two Wolfensteins. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're Nazi'd out. Yeah, I'm, I'm alternate history'd out. Yeah, I'm uh, fresh on this. I haven't played a Wolfenstein game in a while. I haven't seen a Nazi in some time. So I highly recommend those two Wolfenstein games. That was New Colossus and uh, gosh, I forgot what the other one was. Did you play those? I played the first one. Second one, super good. And they they do some neat stuff with like Game Hub and like a little bit RPG ish. I, I, I recommend it. I really like the first one because Jimi Hendrix is one of the essentially one of the characters in your resistance hub in that game. If you pick the younger guy instead of the older guy at the beginning Hmm. and they never tell you it's Jimi Hendrix until the end when he buys the farm, but he does it while, while doing the star spangled banner on his guitar, you know, like Jimi Hendrix did. It's, Hmm. it's well, it's well done. Hmm. Maybe when I'm, um, unnazied out, I'll, uh, give that, (laughs) give that a go. Yeah. We cut back up to Enterprise between these scenes and we get the kind of the download of like, yo, this is alternate history. This isn't right. This isn't correct. We also get Trip actually actively going to apologize to DePaul to say, I blew up. I shouldn't have done that. I'm distressed. I was expecting to be on a beach right now. And Paul's like, I thought I was going to go on the Vulcan. We're all in the same boat. This Lucky is for you, uh, I spent summer vacation coming down off my space crack addiction not entirely though her emotions are again like very here on her face right like especially when archer comes back alive can't it's all here and it's very well handled on jolene blaylock's part to convey a a subtle level of emotion you know what's not subtle is uh as she's leaving uh, sick bay or no i'm sorry uh flox is trying to bribe porthos to perk up and chicken liver's not cutting he's gonna go see if chef's got some he's such a sad dog they're like porthos be sad and he was the saddest dog i've ever seen he they nailed, extra, nailed it they went extra on the tranquilizers to keep him from barking they're like man he's really mopey let's take advantage of this 
Flox goes to leave and then comes stumbling time Zuck fresh <laughs> out of that first earnings call where he has to divulge how much money Meta has dumped into VR at the cost of Facebook ad revenue and the shareholders have absolutely taken the piss out of him. He is injured badly. I really enjoy his makeup. Like this Ooh, dude yeah. just gets time fucked and memory alpha draws a uh, parallel to some damage that uh, Chakotay took when he gets caught between time frames, And it's like this organ is underdeveloped and like in its infancy stages, but his like, you know, right butt cheek is 103 years old. He looks gruesome and uh, some Cronenberg shit. He drops over and they got to put him on the old iron lung. Absolutely fantastic makeup job to make him look completely fucked. Especially his like face and eyes. If you're going to put gross special effects shit on Stan Winston's kid. Make it look good. Think think about who was in charge of uh, putting that shit on and be like, wait, your dad's who? (laughs) Uh, Well, listen, man, this was supposed to be four hours of makeup. We're doing eight hours. I'm not having your dad. Probably probably my idol seeing me phone it in for this one. This is going to be three episodes worth of special effects budget. Before we find out what's going on with Daniels, we actually cut back to Archer, where he is uh, meeting the guest star from Girlfriends, uh, a uh, character of Alicia Travers, as she will reveal herself. She is a uh, resident of Brooklyn, and she is boys with the mobsters that are in the resistance. Um, she details later that her husband is on a destroyer in the in the Pacific, which is another part of the war that isn't going great for the United States. Evidently, we're headed for the full uh, man in the high castle ending here. And I liked her. I think she, you know, did the I'm I am the person that has to convey what's happening to Archer role well enough mm-hmm. and, ca- and and like owning the like the weird alt history nature of it. Sure. Uh, of course, she also gets saddled with the uh, secondary character class of and stop me if you've heard this one. Um, this is my home and I'm not leaving. Every time this person is encountered, all I can think of is data standing at the end of that fucking aquifer. I'm just blowing up those people's water supply and being like, there, now you all die if you stay. Which is one of the most gangster data moments of all time. Like, Just I mean, a classic, like, now you have no choice. Let's go. I, have, I solved the problem. Yeah. I made you leave. You might think I'm being unkind. Be happy you are not Kivas Fagio, and I did not just murder you with the Veron T disruptor. Move on with your life. So... Yeah, we will come to find out that that's uh, they're in New York. Archer is still confused about this entire thing. They think he's in the Navy because he had a patch for the USS Enterprise. Which in this timeline has sunk. And. You know, the, the, the plot line there kind of goes the way you expect. The mobsters show up. They're very defensive of Alicia in a like brotherly way. And they're suspicious of Archer because they think he's actually a military guy and he won't tell them anything. And they're kind of getting pissed because, like, they're the ones that are fighting, you know, the they Germans. They resent the military for having withdrawn. Right. And they're left hold- bag holding, trying to beat the Germans. Uh, but they definitely it's it's 
everyone's coming together, right? Like there's even a scene later where the, the mobsters are like, man, it's like all the, all the, the Irish, the Italians, the coloreds, the broads, we're all together fighting the Germans. That's a, <laughs> they're like this gang, that gang, uh, just this entire race of people. It's generally black people. <laughs> I don't know much about them. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to go back to Mayweather's line. Maybe we're here for a reason. Yes, I know how this works. We all watched a lot of Quantum Leap. <laughs> we have been flung back at some point in the past to correct a, a wrong before you can move forward in the future. And unfortunately, Dr. Samuel Beckett's uh, Swiss cheese is so, effect is so bad here. He he can't piece together what's going on just yet. Uh, he's playing stupid for a couple reasons, not that they have any sort of strip temporal edict. But he did see one of the alien uh, German soldiers, the SS guy. And he eventually brings it up to Alicia like, I I need to, you know what, that's my next play. My next play is I need to fucking find this guy. Like, if there's an alien here, clearly they've got fucking answers for me. <laughs> so we're going to find him. I like that the aliens are secrets within the Nazi party that, you know, they're in there and they're wearing uniforms, but it's not common knowledge that there are aliens on Earth uh, and they have to do some underworld street action. To basically set up a meeting and trap one of these guys, which Sal arranges, he's a loan shark, believe it or not, and uh, he agrees to take 20 percent off of what a guy owes him to arrange a meeting between Archer and one of these demon dudes. Before that pops off, we do finally get the first discussion with Time Zuck back on Enterprise. So T'Pol tries to talk to him. Uh, we do see that Daniels is the reason why Enterprise is in the past. He, he confirms that. He then says, well, what's happened is that the Cold War has become a hot war. Now we've got active agents who are attempting to disrupt the time-space continuum to try and destroy the other factions. This has created paradoxes and turbulence in the time stream such that past and present no longer align. It's uh, real fucking bad. That's why I have, like, a baby eye and an old man eye, and I look horrific right now, and I'm going to, like, die in a short order. And he's unable to convey what to do except to say stop him to T'Pol, but remains alive for a conversation with with uh, Archer later. In the future, they show you how to save your strength until you want to talk and die in front of the, the right guy. Um, I like the uh, scene where the, the mobsters are buddying up a little bit and uh, not Sal. What, what's the fat one called? Carmine. Carmine's like, here you go. He gives her a big package of hamburger and we find out like rationings. Yeah. An issue. But then when like the Nazis come to hassle her, she's she going to ditch it in it. the trash. Yeah. And I'm just like, but what about the hamburger, man? Like that's like such an open loose thread by the end of the episode. I'm just dying to know like who gets all that fucking hamburger meat. I, I mean, it's, I think that's there just to show that like Carmine and Sal are genuinely like invested in Alicia's well-being, you know, yeah, real sweethearts. So like they're trying to make them as sympathetic as possible. And and I think they achieve that. The uh, 
the next move is I actually the next move is Silic. Yep. Silic he's finally makes his move. What the fuck he's doing, right? He's on Enterprise, he's cloaked, he's skulking around, and he doesn't have he does he's not able to say hi, John. You know, like there's no John to say hello to, so he's gotta say hi to to Trip. <laughs> now it's been a long season three. All right, and he is not he's he's rusty. He did not spend his time off training. He's been eating a lot of hamburgers back in old Detroit. <laughs> and meanwhile, Trip has been through it, right? He has had to do a lot. He's had to like break bread with the man who murdered his his sister and then mm-hmm. watch him get killed anyway and fucking got all those rashes and he banged out to Paul and like there's so much that's happened in his life. Shoot out <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. So when Silic shows up and pulls a gun on him, he's like, get in the shuttle pod. And then they get in an argument over which door. Because, <laughs> you know, the, the top. Silic thinks, you know, OK, it's Trip. It's no big deal. And then Trip shows him like, I know you might think that this side hatch is on like these heavy duty hydraulics and it's probably slow. But what if I told you it's basically a Honda Civic door and I could slam your fucking arm in it real easy, <laughs> knock that gun out and uh, put you in a chokehold. When finally, after getting his ass kicked for a few rounds, Silk decides, you know what? I'm going to eat some of this limited special effects budget while I go putty boy on your ass. And then zaps him, but doesn't take him and actually like takes him out of the shuttle bay, which was, you know, like a bro move that Trip reflects on later, actually quite explicitly. I was real nice of Silk not to depressurize and fucking blast me in the face. So clearly Silk. You know, re- reading into this, Silic uh, is opposed or will, I think, ultimately be opposed to the demon dudes. Um, looks like he was trying to cooperate with uh, Trip and was going to do one of those get in the shuttle. We'll talk about it later. And, you know, so like if you already knocked him out, why wouldn't you just throw him in the shuttle and bring him down with you uh, as he's flying away? Trip rats him out. Uh, to Paul pops off a few shots with the phase cannons, which you might think would be enough to blow up a, a rinky dink shuttle pod, but it's able to limp off crash land down on the surface. So. They are able to track the shuttle because of the damage to its like plasma engines or something. And leaves a trace that they feel like they can transport an away team down within three kilometers of where it is. So ultimately, it is Trip and Mayweather again who are going to go down. This time in civilian clothing matching the period, which is kind of like close to 22nd century civilian clothing as we've seen, which is kind of nice. Listen, if you got fucking cowboy outfits, you sure as fuck got (laughs) some newsy outfits, right? Very true. And they go down. They find the shuttle uh, pod. Uh, kind of close to the like active battle zone, I, I guess, against American forces. And they are unable to fix it. And we're going to see something we've never seen on Enterprise before. We're going it- to see a shuttlecraft actually explode. We're going to see a shuttlecraft that becomes a Nazi clown car. <laughs> <laughs> Very conveniently. This fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I haven't seen dummies rush into a potentially lethal confined space like this since Trip did it. 
when they found uh, that future shuttle pod. What was that called? Oh, yeah, with the TARDIS in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of established human stupidity as far as Enterprise is concerned, <laughs> but like, they're like, oh, it's like if- literally we're like, oh, look, danger. We should all stand around it. What is this crash landed thing? I don't know. But do you think we could all fit in there at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's not enough. Put your gun over here. Hey, sit on my lap. All right. Well, what if you put. OK, look. Wow. They're like cats. Hans, is it like a Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> Fossing nougat. It's like uh, they're cats and they want to. Oh, there's a box. We must all be in the box. Now that we're in here. Now what? Oh, I don't know. I wonder if there's any bombs. There's bombs. They blow up. <laughs> there was bombs. That high-pitched whine you heard, that was a bomb. <laughs> You're all dead now. Yeah, they they sprinkle catnip in there, and they all just fucking pile in and blow them up. I think that's probably the most people I've seen trip kill in one swoop. It's true. That was a lot of bodies he piled up, and with no hesitation, because, of course, They're Nazis, Nazis don't count. Yeah. No, Nazis never count. Uh Meanwhile, Trip, Sal, Carmine, Alicia, they're confronting the failed alien underling. Um, they get him to step out of the shadows by all pointing their guns at him. <laughs> like they've all That's got 1911. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna shoot you. And uh sure enough, he's an alien. Um Archer takes his his communicator off of him, starts asking questions. He reveals, like, I know you're from the future, you know, like we know your ship's in orbit. We're building a thing. He kind of like gives up a little bit of information. But un- unfortunately, probably because Sal shot him once in the hand to get him to talk. Uh, the alarms are going off and the Nazis know that there's people doing things and they need to do stormtrooper stuff. And uh, so they leave. But in an absolute pro move. Sal just turns around and was like, are we done with this guy? Blap, blap, blap. Let's go. Well, not quite. That guy, the. The demon informant makes a critical mistake of talking shit while everybody's trying to run. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll you you know, we're going to win. You guys are going to die. He spills the beans out. They are trapped there. They don't want to be there. And they are using the Nazis to gather resources to try to build a way off the planet. He gives them everything they want. They're leaving. He goes and fuck you and fuck your mother, too. And then they're like, oh, well, we're we're actually not good guys. We're like uh, <laughs> kind of neutral, I'm more neutral evil, but like just like being cool right now. So I'm not cool with you. Bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> See, <laughs> like I'm Come a monster. <laughs> like, that was nice. It was good to see. And as they're running, unfortunately, Sal gets gunned down in the street because the Nazis catch up to him. Mm-hmm. He just gets machine gun and falls down off out of frame and he's just done. This apparently ignites in Carmine, the fucking eye of the tiger. And he promptly like you, if, if enterprise is generally where bad gunfights come from, that memo did not arrive in 1944 because this dude goes boom, 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 boom. Like these Nazis with submachine guns and rifles are nothing to this goomba with a pistol. He's just, just headshot, headshot, headshot. Like get this guy onto enterprise, put him in Reed's spot. He's clearly better. <laughs> well, fuck Reed. I mean, he can take over the Makos. <laughs> like this dude is, I don't think he's going to fit that jumpsuit. Material. Yeah. He'll come with a bunch of hamburger for you, and then he'll kill all the Nazis. <laughs> this episode did leave me like kind of sad again that Hayes is dead, because I would have liked to see him get some of that stunned Tomfa action and like 
beam down the super space marines to fuck some yield Nazis up. Uh, they get down an alleyway. Carmine's holding them off. Uh, girlfriend is uh, holding them at bay with the pistol while Archer is fucking with this alien doodad he stole off the other guy. He has no reason to leave this thing as a communicator. It could be a gun. could be a garage door opener. could, could be, be an grenade. iPod. Yeah. could be a grenade. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it could be a thing you click just to sterilize people's nads. Like, who knows? could be a jaw harp. Fortunately for him, it is actually a communicator. Funny that. And just in the nick of time, right when the stormtroopers have him uh, surrounded and then uh, Tuvix steps up and is like, I got you in check, bitch. No, it's Vosk. Tuvix died. Tuvix got blasted. Who? When? Tuvix was the underling that sucked. Is he the one that got? No. Yeah. What? Graf? I don't believe you. Grath got killed by Sal after Archer interrogated him about Necrul's presence on Earth's past. That's literally from the memory alpha. So he goes into undercover mode? They killed Tuvix? Yeah, they killed Tuvix. I see all these guys look the same. Uh, they're not. All right, well, R.I.P. Tuvix squared, I guess. Um the head bad guy now has them cornered and Archer's like, fuck you. And he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to shoot you before you leave. Luckily, you're not Major Hayes and you still have plot armor. So instead of beaming into Enterprise, uh, spitting up blood and collapsing on the transporter pad, you just get to be a smarmy bitch. I do. I do like that. His, he was a split second too late to Major Hayes them. You know, like he didn't start shooting until they had just completely materialized. Yeah. Uh, and the lady's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And then Archer's like, listen, before you get too excited, uh, <laughs> you're dead now. Kind of your soul is gone. <laughs> like, you're like a lot a... happening right now. I don't want to explain it. It's kind of wild. You're not going to be in the rest of this episode. Yeah. But yeah, I'm from the future. This is a spaceship, whatever. We're all undead. You're undead now, too. Whatever. Great made you, scene is gone. when Archer goes back up to the bridge, though, goes up. Hoshi just runs over and hugs him. Because they're, you know, exes. Right. Hoshi, who has nothing to say about maggots ate my brain. Right? She's a fucking trooper. She's just back at work. She she should have, like, two band-aids on her fucking Yeah, like, for a while. Uh, And then, yeah, I think some really excellent face acting on Jillian Blaylock's part as Archer, like, turns to her. And is like, I guess I missed a lot. And she is just, like so happy that he's alive but mm-hmm. she's trying to keep it inside you she's know like oh my god i haven't been this happy since the last time i thought you died but you were still alive this happens a lot i'm <laughs> ever since i started smoking space crack you just die and come back from the dead over and over again but to paul catches her him up they walk down the sick bay and that is finally where we get the plot dump from Daniels before he bites it. Who these guys are, what they're the, like, they're the real bad, bad guys. of The temporal cold war. We're in the end game. He slipped our grasp because he had a stealth time machine, which is some tech we even didn't have. So we didn't know where he went. And because we didn't know where he went, he was able to change time in a way that wiped everybody else out. And now he's trying to build a portal back to his time. And if we don't stop him here, which is why I pulled Enterprise back, 
then we're all fucked. Then the temporal cold war, the temporal war will have been fought to everyone takes a loss. But if you stop him here, we can prevent the war from ever actually occurring. Speaking of stealth tech, why didn't um, Silic take back his old Helix shuttle? Because they dropped it off back at Earth when they arrived after the Cindy attack. That yeah, has to be the answer. Hey, we're going on a suicide mission. Let me give you our best fucking thing. So you cannot use it when the Zindi show up and kill everybody. So you got to stop them. Cut back down to the surface to a uh, head Nazi guy. Trip and Mayweather got captured by the rest of the Nazis. You know, he's like, I'm going to interrogate you too. I'm evil. worms for you guys. We got some of those from the last bad guys they bought. They bought a whole Costco pack of brain worms <laughs> passed down to season four. <laughs> and then he goes to look over his, you know, super tech thing. Like, yes, I am evil. And it's yet again, continued. more like uh, would be right at home in command and conquer red alert. Not an exaggeration in the slightest on your part. No, not in the this slightest. one looks significant. I've never seen a trans dimensional time slipstream conduit machine before. So I can't say if that looks real or fake. So that could be bad CG. It looked like good CG to me. I know it certainly looked more real than a tank in front of the white house. But by the end, I mean, we've still got some big open questions that we have to answer here. What about the hamburger? Hey, listen, I know you weren't the biggest fan cause you Nazi'd out, but I'm eager to see this get closed out. We're going to finally have the end of the Zindi arc. We're going to have the final end of the temporal cold. How's War. the Zindi arc not closed out yet? Cause they're not home. Uh, listen, this episode needed to be one episode long. Exactly. It would have been uh, Nazi aliens would have been cool as a, like we jump into this weird time thing. Oh my God, this is real zany. We get out of here and then we're back in the future. Like, Spending time mucking around in the past. Again, I still feel like this is happening too close to killing game aliens and Nazi outfits. It's too close to killing game. Um, When when do we get out of this? Is there another full episode? Are we back into the future? Why don't you uh, take a look at next week and I'll tell you. I forgot we did that. We've been on vacation so long. How do I do this? All right. Uh, (laughs) How do you podcast? Stormfront part two. Uh, there's Enterprise still all fucked up. It's got flying at some more of these. Uh, Fight, I don't know if it's a, a zero. Yeah, it's a Stuka. Okay. okay. With the unlikely help of Silic. Spoilers. Archer closes in on the temporal operatives who actions have altered Earth's past and threatened to destroy all of time. And we didn't note this this episode and la- uh, that that we just watched and the next episode are actually both written by Manny Cotto, which is going to be uh, a running theme. So this was uh, Alan Croker too. This next one is going to be who David Stryden. Yeah, it's you're not seeing a lot of new names on this direction thing. I wonder how that factors into like budgeting. And at this point, they're just like, listen, we're not doing any more. I'll be curious, actually. Do you think we've got any uh, Star Trek Film Academy former actors? Is there Frakes? Is there uh, Balana? Is there any Robert Duncan McNeil? It's a good question. I'm uh, I'm checking through to see kind of where we're at, and I'm seeing a lot of Livingston, a lot of Vijar, 
Lavar does make an appearance. Oh, that'll be a good one, I'm sure. Actually, is a good one. Uh, Michael Grossman. Roxanne does make an appearance. It's another sexy. good one. Mm-hmm. Get out the be, body. It's groups. actually a very sexy. Episode. This is the sexiest episode. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's probably not. You're um, probably wrong. <laughs> but yeah, uh, mostly the names you'd expect. Just, the regulars from the cast directors that have been doing Enterprise do look like they show up. Uh, but mostly it's it's right back to the names you'd expect. You know, it's yeah, we're at the end of the Berman era. These guys need their work while they can still fucking get it. Uh, it's interesting that, well, it's still early too. you know, it's only season four, but you're not seeing anybody from the Enterprise cast directing. I wonder if those guys are salty that they never really got a shaker if none of those guys were interested in. I mean, you know, trying. you never know if they were actually interested or not. Um, I have no idea if someone like, um, you know, John Billingsley just thought he could have that dad bod forever and ride that paycheck. Or if like Connor Trenier like had that aspiration or not, you know? Yeah. But yeah, no, no, no crazy new names for the most part in this. It's just a lot of the, the tired and true ones you'd expect. Well, they're good ones. Uh, you know, none of these guys really ever have I sat there and said, man, this was a terribly directed episode. All right, man. And thank you, everybody, for listening to us here on Vija Please. Email us at VijaPlease at gmail.com. Oh, I'm sorry. We forgot a shout out. We forgot it. We're going to put it at the end. Easter eggs. Shout out to our Antarctic correspondent who has returned uh, yeah, successfully from his the frozen north from his time and McMurda station. So if you remember, uh, we remarked on a gentleman who kind of had to drive by a bit to kind of tell us about uh, the fact he was listening to our show with his, with his, uh, his fellow deployed military members in McMurda station at, in Antarctica. And we, we thought that was wild that we had a claim to potentially being a, the most listened to podcast in an entire continent. Uh, but he, he got back to the real world and he's been catching up. He actually jumped on our Patreon. He's been chatty in our Facebook group. And sure enough, uh, as you'd expect, people who wor- work at, in Antarctica tend to be nerds. They like Star Trek. So they would watch Star Trek and then he would put on our corresponding episode where we would review it and introduce a whole group of people to be is the word you want to use. He subjected them. Inflicted. Props my friend props for uh, spreading the gospel of V'ger please in the frozen wastes and making us possibly the most popular podcast in Antarctica, at least for a short time. We appreciate you. And we want all you to be fans like that guy. Strive for that excellence. We'll see you next week.